Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to Where is the Wind? A message from Pastor Aslini. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. for staying in for such a long time if you would go in the word of the lord with me tonight uh, and I, I apologize i did not get this to the avl booth in time so you're gonna probably have to use your bible apps or your bible we're gonna go to the book of john chapter 3 and verse 8 john chapter 3 and verse 8 praise god mm. you have it, say amen. John chapter 3, verse 8, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version, says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And I want to talk to you tonight on this thought where is the wind? Where is the wind? Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you. Lord, we're so thankful to be in your house tonight with your people. Thankful, Lord, for the truth of your word, Lord, that is being released in this place. Thankful. Lord, we give you thanks in advance, God, for every prayer that you are answering even right now, God, as we step into this time of study and learning of your word. God, I pray that you would speak to us in Jesus' name and let the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Up until the day that you are filled with the Holy Ghost, there has only been one leader in your life, and that is the flesh. Up until that point, You've done what you wanted, when you wanted, how you wanted. One would say you were led of the flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. I think sometimes the flesh is so deceiving because we think, well, and this is the lie of sin. Sin says you're free. when, Oh, you don't need to go to church. You don't need to live for God. If you live for me, you'll be free. Well, that's not true, right? The Bible says no man can serve two masters, right? You're either serving the Lord or serving your flesh. And so, so you aren't making your own decisions. You are being led of the flesh. Hallelujah. But when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden, there is a new leader. Mm that wants to lead your life. The Spirit of God inside of you wants to lead you. It wants to guide you. Praise God. It wants to be a compass for you. Praise the Lord. Are you thankful? Amen. Um, It is hunting season right now and so i thought a hunting illustrate where's is seth here somewhere 
God bless you, Seth. All right. I thought a hunting illustration would be appropriate. Um, when I hunt, which I don't know if I'll get to do that this year, but when I hunt, I use little wind floaters to trace the wind. Does anybody do that? They look like those little dandelion things, and you can release one of those, and it just kind of follows the current of the wind. It traces the wind. And there have been times when I've been in, in the tree stand, and I've pulled one of those out of the canister, and I've let it go, that I'm very surprised at the trail that that thing takes. Mm. I, I, I remember one time I was, I was hunting and I was kind of up on a hillside and, and it felt like the wind was at my back and, and, uh, and so I was looking in a certain direction for deer to come out and when I let that wind thing go, it went in front of me just a few feet and then it took a hard right turn. And it, and it went in a direction that I was not expecting. Mm. Mm. The takeaway from this example that I want you to have is that the wind can change direction suddenly and without notice. Sometimes it's at my back, but it shifts in front of me. And if I had not been checking the direction of the wind, I would not have known that the direction had changed. Mm, praise God. Sometimes it's coming from the west and then all of a sudden it shifts to a different direction. And, and you know what happens when you're hunting and the wind changes? Sometimes you have to get down and go somewhere else because that spot is no longer a good spot because of the way the wind is blowing. Anybody know what I'm trying to say here tonight? You've got to know the direction of the spirit in your life. Mm. And don't be caught off guard when the direction changes and you did not expect for it to change. Hallelujah. 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 Because just because you had your mind made up five days ago about the direction God wanted you to go, God can change his direction today. And now the post that you were at five days ago is no longer the place where you need to be standing and you need to shift positions because the wind shifted. Mm. Let me tell you something. God will use the wind to move you from your current location to where he is trying to take you. We have got to be able to discern which way the wind is blowing in our life. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Acts chapter 2 and verse 2 says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Mm. Praise God. How many of you love blowout services? And that was weak. <laughs> How many of you love having knockdown, throwdown, Come on, holy rolling, powerful services, right? 
What do we say? We love it when there's a rushing mighty wind. Because when there's a rushing mighty wind, there's no question about which way the wind is blown. It's evident. It's manifest. Everybody can feel it. Everybody is in unity with it. Mm. We all want evident wind in our life. We want clear manifestation of the Spirit. But I have learned in my walk with God that I must also be able to discern a subtle wind. God. I remember this heartbreaking story. Just get ready to come to the altar. I was hunting. And me and Hudson, for the first time ever, we'd just gotten these trail cameras. And we had our first, no, our second target buck on camera. We named him Braveheart. He was a big 10 point buck. And man, we were excited. And it was early season. What? 12. It was 12 point buck. Thank you. It just gave, it's 14 point buck. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. It was a 220 pointer. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Losing it. And Braveheart, it was early season. I'll talk to you. And he had been coming out early in the day, and I was pumped. I'm like, man, he's coming out at like 6 p.m. There's still, still a couple hours of daylight left. Right, it was, it was ju just started. Season just started. And so one day I'm like, man, I'm going out. I'm going out. I'm probably not going to see nothing, but you know your first time out, you just want to get in the stand. You're like, I just need to be in the woods. Nobody? Anybody? All right. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Jim. Somebody help the preacher today. I'm like, I'm just going out. Probably not going to see anything. It was warm, right? I had a T-shirt on. I'm like, I'm not going to see nothing. But I went out there, and guess what happened? Braveheart came out. And I was like, all right. I was like, there's no wind. I'm like, I should be good. And Braveheart comes moseying up the trail, right? And I'm kind of up on this hill. I'm 40 yards away with a crossbow. And he finally turns broadside, Brandon. And he's nibbling on some corn. And all of a sudden, he goes from relaxed to And I got him dead in my scope, Brother Hammond. And I knew it. I'm like, he scented me. That wind was not going the direction that I thought it was going. I stopped checking the wind because I didn't expect anything to happen. You better be careful of abandoning your expectation just because you think the time or the environment is not right for your moment. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. We've got to learn to check the wind on a regular basis because you don't know when your day for your miracle is coming. Mm. 
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'll tell you the rest of that story just so I don't leave you hanging. He got tense, and I fired, and I learned a very important lesson that day, that a deer is very, very fast when they are tense. And I watched through my scope. I watched. As soon as he heard the click of that trigger, he ducked, and that arrow went right over his back. These altars are open. You may come and brave heart. Saw Braveheart just a couple times ever after that on camera, but he never really came back to that area after that. I know it was heartbreaking. Anyway, that's what happens when you don't know which way the wind is blowing. Praise God. Mm. Amen. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. I want you to turn there, and I'm going to make one other point here before we read it. Do you know why those little wind floaters work so well? Is everybody okay? I know this is kind of a little different pace tonight than what we're used to, but this is just what I was feeling in the Holy Ghost today. You know why those little wind floaters work so well? Anybody? It's the obvious answer. Because they're light. Mm. They weigh almost nothing. I think sometimes that we can't tell what we are supposed to do or what the right direction is because we are carrying weight that is not ours to carry. Mm. Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28, says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. That means you got stuff on you that is weighing you down. You are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My burden is is light. I can move with the wind of the Holy Ghost when I am not weighed down by the world and the yokes of this life. Praise God. Praise God. So, so many times I talk to people and they, they feel like they're struggling for direction. They come down, they're discouraged, right? I'll just preach to myself tonight, but I feel like this is revelatory. Because you can't be discouraged and weighed down with stuff and be able to discern the direction of the wind at the same time. My God, have mercy. You have first got to unencumber yourself. My God, have mercy. With whatever is causing you to be heavy laden. You can't get direction and be weighed down and worried and stressed out and tangled up with the cares of life. You're not going to be able to discern which way the wind is blowing. If I get one of those things wet, guess what? It does me no good. It does me no good. I can't tell which way the wind's blowing. So how do we do that? How do I lighten my load? 
These verses tell us right here, and these are all in red. This is Jesus talking. He says, come to me. Mm. You have to do the traveling. You have to make the effort. Mm. Praise God. Today in Columbus is uh, our, our trash day at the house we're moving out of. So every Wednesday, it is Hudson's job to take out all the trash in the house. Now, the garbage man's coming tomorrow morning, but he's not coming inside my house to empty those trash cans. Hudson has to take all that stuff out to the curb. And let me tell you something. Sometimes we get so much junk in our life and we start throwing a little pity party. Oh, and I got it so bad. And things are so rough. And I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe that is happening. And I'm just going to sit here on my couch and suck my thumb and watch Netflix. Mm. Well, be prepared to stay weighed down and not have direction and not have peace because if you want that stuff off of you you've got to get up and take the trash out you've got to take what is weighing you down to the feet of jesus and say god i have come i have come to lighten my load i have come god to take this stuff off of me and give it to you this is why i believe you need to hear the pastor today and i'm especially talking to the people that are online tonight you're cheating yourself by not being here because when you come to the house of god you position yourself to unload yourself from the cares and weights and trials of this life you want to have a good reason why church attendance is so important it's because you can't walk around with seven days worth of junk on your life Life. You've got to make time to come to the feet of Jesus and unencumber yourself from what is causing you to be heavy laden. Mm. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Mm. Come to me. And then he says, receive the rest. Mm. Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You must receive the rest that he brings. Mm. You must receive the rest that he brings. What do you mean, Brother Ray? I'm going to show you. How many of you have ever been in church with somebody that you, I mean, that church what God handcrafted it for that person. And you're like, my God, God is ministering to them. God is helping them. My God, I'm so glad they're here. God is giving them the answer that they need right now. And they're crying and they're weeping and God's moving on them. And then they walk out that door. And what do they do? Before they walk out of here, they pick up the very thing that was weighing them down and they take it right out the back door with them. They walk right out saying, I worry, I fear, I'm afraid, I'm concerned, I can't believe this, that, and the other. And they're rehearsing their storm, they're rehearsing that narrative. What did they do? 
They refuse to receive the rest. Oh, man. Listen, I'm going to camp right here because some people right here, this is your point of breakthrough. You come in with everything that weighs you down, but you walk out and you decide you're going to still keep what is worrying you, what is weighing you down. You come in and enjoy his presence, but then don't trust him with the trash that you brought in the door. Listen, when you give him the problem, give him the problem. Hallelujah. When you, when you trust him with the situation, then go ahead and trust him with the situation. You know what I found, Brother Brandon? When I bring something to God and I walk out the door and then I just keep on talking about that problem, I did the opposite of what I said that I did. I didn't trust him with it and I didn't give him to it. All I did was come and visit in his presence. But I picked up that backpack that was weighing me down and I took it right out the door with me. Sometimes the greatest thing that you can do to unburden yourself is quit talking about it. Quit rehearsing that narrative of fear, guilt, shame, worry, anxiety, and you will say, hey, I don't feel that anymore. That's right, because you quit owning it. You gave it to God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You've got to receive the rest that he gives you. That means when you give that to him, walk out with the same joy that you felt in here. Walk out with the same freedom and liberty that you experienced in this room. Don't allow that thing to walk out with you. Amen? That's how you receive his rest. Every time you leave this place, you should leave here with peace. That do hey, that doesn't always mean that the problem is different or has necessarily changed. And this is the part we struggle with. We think because the problem didn't change that I should feel the same about it. Mm. It's not the problem that changes, it's you that changes. God's trying to help you. So give him the problem. Let it be his problem. Let it be his issue. Let it be his thing to deal with. And you just receive the rest. And when that problem confronts you tomorrow, you just say, you know what? I gave that to God. I'm done talking about it. I'm done worrying about it. I'm done trying to analyze it. I'm done trying to figure it out. I gave it to God. And until God speaks to me about it, I'm not going to visit it. I'm not going to camp out in this mess that I already gave to God. I'm going to wait for God to work it out. I'm going to wait for God to speak to me about it. I'm going to wait for God to make a way out of it. Just because the answer isn't instantaneous does not mean God isn't working on what you gave him. Give him a little time to work through the heavy laden that you laid at his feet. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It might take me five years to make the mess, but I give it to God. And if it, if he didn't fix my five year debacle, by the time I walk out the back door, all of a sudden I will, well, he can't handle it. I'll just pick it up and keep it. Mm. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We, we want time, but we don't want to give God time. Give God some time to work on it. I tell I, I'm sorry. I'm not moving on, but I just 
kind of feel constrained of the Holy Ghost to stay here for a second. Let me tell you one of the greatest lessons I ever learned from my pastor. Okay. Well, and, and, and he, some things are caught and not taught. He never taught this. I've never heard him talk about it. I've never heard him teach it, but I've watched him live it. Mm. He refused to be hasty or reactionary to bad situations. Even when the situation demanded a response, he refused to respond to it until the Lord gave him direction to do so. Some of you need to stop allowing what's weighing you down to dictate your rules of engagement. You need to say, God, I'm going to leave. Even if the situation says you better do something, you can't let this go another day. Yes, you can. Stop letting the problem tell you what you have to do or what you don't have to do. You wait on God and say, God, I'm not touching that problem until you tell me what to do. I'm not addressing this issue until you give me clarity. And God, you can either work it out yourself or I'm not going to touch it until you tell me exactly what to do. We've got to learn how to wait on God when we bring him what is weighing us down My God, have mercy. Mm. sometimes that time period is just a detachment period I've learned that sometimes that that problem continues it just stays it's still happening now I've given it to God but that problem doesn't seem to be changing but do you know what is changing I'm changing God is emotionally detaching me from that problem he is putting distance between me and that weight that encumbrance in my life and see here's what we need to understand the, these cares of life the things that we get yoked to in our life they want to attach themselves to us and sometimes that time period isn't because god can't fix it in a moment of course god can do anything but sometimes that time period mm. is god causing a separation from what has entangled our flesh mm. so that we have the liberty and the freedom to walk forward with clarity and direction mm. let me tell you something when i'm yoked to the wrong thing not only am i going to walk the wrong direction but i'm going to speak the wrong things my perspective isn't going to be right and my narrative isn't going to be right sometimes that time period is a separation period where god is removing you from that situation amen amen so that verse says come to me receive the rest and then pick up the right yoke carry what connects you to Jesus. Hallelujah. Carry what connects you to Jesus. And I felt like the Lord put three things in my spirit to highlight to you tonight. And this is not an exhaustive list. There are many things that can connect you to the Lord. Uh, things that we won't even talk about like praise and, and, and worship and prayer, right? Some of these things that are obvious. But 
I'm going to talk to you about one that we've already mentioned tonight, but I'm going to mention it again. But carry what connects you to Jesus. Church attendance. It connects you to Jesus. Things that pull you away from faithfulness to the house of God are not his yoke. If it's keeping you outside of this place, I know that's heavy and that's hard and some people don't like to hear that, but it's the truth. How do you know it's the truth? Because the Bible says, forsake not, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. How often? Even so much more as you see the day approaching. If there was ever a time for church attendance to be at the top of your list of priorities, it's right now. There's nothing going on outside of these walls that is more important than what is happening inside of here. Amen. I know I'm preaching to the choir. Amen. Things that are gentle. <clears throat> Things that are gentle. They don't put your... This is what I mean by that. They don't put your spirit in a state of chaos. Right? That verse says, for I am gentle. Things that are gentle. Yoke yourself to things that are gentle. They don't put your spirit in a state of chaos or aggression. And, and here's, here's a great discerner of if this is something that I should have in my life. And that something could be a lot of things. It could be where you are. It could be who you're with. It could be a conversation you're a part of. It could be a text group that you're in. It could be how you're spending your time. If it causes you to be defensive, if it causes you to be defensive, it's not his yoke. Is everybody with me? If it puts you on the defense and you feel like you have to justify yourself, it's probably not his yoke. Church attendance, yoke yourself to church attendance, things that are gentle, should produce, it should produce peace in your spirit. He said, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. If it causes you to be prideful or vain, it's not his yoke. Is the motive to please God or is the motive to please yourself? When you're done, does it make you say, well, I'm proud of myself. Or does it make you say, I'm so thankful I was able to accomplish something that was pleasing to the Lord. If it doesn't please him, it's not his yoke. See what happens when we change these definitions? And we bring them into a focal point of clarity. All of a sudden, what used to be muddy becomes real clear. I think sometimes we like living in the gray. 
Because when I'm living in the gray, you can't point out, you can't say, well, you, you ought to be doing this and you should stop doing that. Well, I'm living in the gray. So you can't, you can't do that here. When you're living in the gray, you can't be defensive. It's just, well, your truth, my truth. Well, you know, I understand this and I understand that. Well, there's exceptions, right? That's living in the gray. Praise God. Is this making sense? Everybody all right? All right. All right. You guys are pretty quiet on me tonight, but amen. In this passage, we find such an important key to following the leading of the Spirit. Only the rested soul can be light. And only the light can follow the wind. I've got to come to him. I've got to receive his rest. Praise God. If I want to be able to follow the direction of the spirit. Uh, if I'm encumbered. And I don't want to be redundant tonight. But I just want to bring a little more clarity. My soul must find rest in Jesus. And it does that by doing the things that we've already covered here tonight. By coming to him, receiving his rest, not carrying things that we're not supposed to carry and then yoking ourselves to the right things in our life. This is a formula, a pattern that God lays out in his word right here in Matthew chapter 11 so that we would know, hey, if you want to know the direction of the wind, you've got to find rest. What does that mean? That means you can't be spread thin, worn out, tired, stressed out, Yoked to the cares of life, yoked to the temporal, mm, and still be able to discern the wind. What happens when the voice, and <clears throat> I think many of you will be able to relate to this. What happens when the voice of God and the wind of the Spirit seem to be in contradiction. I'm going to stay in my hunting illustration. Is that okay? I learned some years ago that typically deer walk in a big circle when they want to go somewhere. and They enter that location with the wind in their face. Why? So they can smell or detect any danger. Right? Here's our real life example. The Lord speaks to you, and you know you've heard from God. How many of you have ever felt like the Lord spoke to you and gave you a direction? Said, I want you to do this. You get a word. Maybe you even get a confirmation of that word. That word has been established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. So what do you do? You're obedient. You start walking in the direction of the word that you have received right? 
That's what we're supposed to do. He's spoken to you. You start walking in that direction. I used to think that if I walked in the will of God, that everything would just work out. The doors would swing open. The wind would be at my back. Everything would come perfectly into place, and God would just miraculously do all the hard stuff, all because I was smart enough to figure out which way the wind was blowing. That was my part. If I can figure out which way the wind is blowing, God's just going to take care of everything, and doors are going to swing right, wide open. Well, I found out that sometimes God gives you a word and sends you in a direction, but the wind is in your face. Sometimes your feet are pointed the way the voice is telling you to go, but everything in your path is resisting you. How many of you have ever felt like you were trying your best to do the will of God and all you were facing was resistance? <laughs> mm. I'll be transparent with you tonight. I really feel like the Lord sent me here tonight to highlight and focus on this point right here. For somebody here today, you have done all you know to do to follow God, to walk in his ways, to be obedient to his plan, and it just seems like the wind is in your face and all you encounter is resistance. And I just want to tell you tonight that if that's you, you are in good company. Hmm. Job 38 and verse 1 says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. <laughs> out of the whirlwind. This man, Job, was just doing what he was supposed to do. And all of a sudden, he began to encounter resistance and loss and suffering but in that resistance, Job heard the voice of God. God gave him an answer. Mm. Don't you listen to the enemy that is telling you that you are doing all of this for nothing. And that, I'm telling you right now, that's a word from the Lord. Because let me tell you something. I pray for this church, and I pray for all of you. Brother Ben said something a couple weeks ago. He said, the devil's been lying to a lot of people, okay? That was a God moment in a service. And I was praying this week, and the Lord told me that the enemy has been whispering discouragement. I want you to hear me if you're tuning in online tonight. The enemy's been whispering a whole lot of discouragement to you, telling you that you are doing all of this for nothing, that this isn't going anywhere, that nothing's going to happen. And I've come to tell you not to believe the lie that God is not with you. That's what Job's friends told him. They said, God is not with you. Job, you, you might as well just quit. You might as well give up. Don't you believe the voice of the accuser that says to you that his promises are not for you? His promises are yea and amen, and they will come to pass. In the end, Job got an answer, and he got double for his trouble. I declare to you in Jesus' name 
that if obeying the Lord has led you into a whirlwind, you are on your way to double. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this. Somebody's ministry is about to double. Somebody's influence is about to double. Somebody's finance is about to double. If the wind is in your face, you just keep on walking. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. Let that res- Hallelujah. Keep on walking. You are building endurance. You are building spiritual stamina. You are building godly character. You are discerning the dangers in your environment when the wind is on your face. Keep on walking and keep on believing. Praise God. I've learned that sometimes the resistance is the confirmation. And sometimes the assistance is the affirmation. Don't you be discouraged when there's resistance. Sometimes that resistance is letting you know you're going the right way. You don't believe me? Just ask Paul. When you make it to heaven, ask Paul. You know what? He was walking down the road to Damascus and a light shone from heaven and he heard an audible voice of God speak to him and tell him which direction to walk. And guess what, Brother Hammond? Doors didn't swing open. Nobody rolled out a red carpet. The rest of his life was nothing but pain and battle and trial and suffering. But he was doing exactly what God wanted him to do. And as a result, he saw some of the greatest miracles that ever took place. He witnessed some of the greatest outpourings of the Holy Ghost. He evangelized entire continents. His anointing doubled. His ministry doubled. His influence doubled. But he had to do it in the face of resistance. We don't retreat just because there's resistance. I know I've stood behind this pulpit and I've made a lot of declarations to you. And I know some of you think highly of me. I know that because you tell me and you think just because I pray something that the heavens are going to split open and it's going to happen. And sometimes it happens, but sometimes it doesn't happen. And I got news for you. If you think our adversary is going to roll over and hand us this city... You're thinking the wrong thing. We got some resistance in front of us, but this church is going to keep on walking because the reward is worth it. And the resistance tells me that we're making an impact in enemy territory. The resistance tells me that there's some strongholds that are already feeling the effect of a praying church, a giving church, a worshiping church, a witnessing church. The resistance is our confirmation brother Hammond that we are walking the right direction Mm. if you retreat every time there's resistance you're going to look like these muscles right here but if you lean into the resistance you're going to look like brother Hammond you're going to have the spiritual muscles of brother Hammond because you lean in just like he gets up and goes to the gym every morning. You say, you know what, flesh, you're tired and you don't feel like it 
and it looks like nothing's changing and some things even seem like they've gotten worse uh, and it doesn't seem like these promises are breaking loose and happening in my life. What is that? That's resistance. Keep lifting. Keep pushing. Keep walking. Uh, keep going. Uh, let the resistance be a confirmation to you uh, that there's something growing inside of you, Brother Brandon. Uh, there's an endurance. There's a godly character. Uh, there's a spiritual strength uh, that wasn't there before. Uh, I keep seeing that God brings friction into your life, uh, but that friction is sharpening you. Uh, it's strengthening you. Uh, it's helping you. I thank God for the resistance. Amen. We're going to walk with the wind in our face. Regardless of which way the wind is blowing, at your back or in your face, just make sure you're in the wind. Praise God. Would you stand with me tonight? Hmm. It's 8 o'clock. Praise God. I'm going to try to do, not do, what my wife always tells me not to do, but she's not here. <laughs> Hallelujah. She says, don't have us stand and then preach 15 minutes. <laughs> Aren't you thankful for the first lady? Amen. I won't preach 15, but give me two. In the spring of this year, the wind changed in our life. And it started blowing in a direction that I would have never thought or predicted. All of a sudden, and you need to hear this, we weren't rebelling, we weren't disobeying, we were doing everything that the Lord had previously told us to do. Obedience yesterday does not necessarily dictate your position today. And that's why you check the wind. And all of a sudden it felt like, man, you know, we're doing the work of the Lord, but it just doesn't feel like we're in the right place anymore. There was this frustration. There was this discontent. I couldn't understand it. People were still getting the Holy Ghost. Everything from, from, from somebody else's perspective looked like it was going the way that it should go, right? Miracles were happening. Awesome stuff going on. But what had happened, all of a sudden, that was no longer the right yoke that we were tied to. The wind shifted in our life, and it became clear to us that the Lord was calling us to pastor here, this wonderful congregation. And you know what? It took us a while to hear that voice and to discern that wind. And when we did, you know what I thought, Brother Ben? I was so excited, couldn't get down, couldn't, couldn't wait to get down there. I'm like, babe, I'm like, we're gonna find a house. I'm like, it's not even gonna be the end. We're gonna get down there. Let's try to get down there this summer. You know what happened? Not that. Not that. Finding a place was a battle. It just seemed like everything was a struggle. There was resistance. But there was also a word. 
And so we said, you know what? In the face of this resistance, we're going to trust that word because we're still in the wind. And just because it seems like there's resistance doesn't mean we're going the wrong direction. It's been six long months, but in two short weeks, we're going to be moving in and we're going to be living down here. Now, why did I share that story that you already know? I shared it to tell you that just because something doesn't happen overnight doesn't mean you didn't hear from God and it doesn't mean you're making the, the wrong decision to be obedient to God. Keep obeying. Keep being faithful. Keep obeying. Keep believing. Keep being faithful. Out of the whirlwind when it seems like it's most chaotic, Brother Jim, out of the whirlwind, God is going to speak. Out of the whirlwind, Brother Auspice, God's going to move. When it seems like things are chaotic and hectic, and you're like, it couldn't get any worse, God's going to move. Come on, can we just lift our hands and just entertain the presence of the Lord in this room tonight? Would you just lift your voice and pray with me tonight? We're getting ready to dismiss, but let's just pray together right now. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.